Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, has something got your goat? Do you have some irrational fears? Is it just nerves or is something, you know, you should probably go talk to the doctor about? Well, today on the show, we are talking about anxiety. What causes it and how can we manage it? All that and more in a little bit. But first, here's the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Syrian rebels have seized a provincial capital as they continue to advance in the now two-year-old conflict. Reports say the opposition fighters have been smashing statues of current President Bashir Assad's father. Over 100 cardinals are now in Vatican City in preparation for the coming conclave to elect the next pope. Many of the cardinals seem excited about the opportunity to elect a new Catholic leader. A tough election day in Kenya with over 15 people killed due to gang attacks as the polls opened for the first time since a 2007 election. At least nine police officers were killed during the attacks. Here in the U.S., Secretary of Homeland Security Janet Napolitano is cautioning airline passengers to get to the airport even earlier than usual due to likely increased wait times to get through security following new across-the-board spending cuts. A new measure in the House is attempting to cover defense spending, which took a major hit from last week's $85 billion cuts. The bill would fund the government through the fiscal year and give the Pentagon more flexibility for readiness programs. According to a Reuters source, President Obama is planning to appoint David O'Connor to head the Secret Service. O'Connor is the former assistant director of investigations for the Secret Service. Tragedy in Tennessee today. A man and three seniors were killed in a house fire after the man tried to and failed to rescue the seniors from the blaze. The cause of that fire is still under investigation. Doctors have successfully cured a baby born with the HIV virus just 30 hours after the birth of the child was treated with antiretroviral drugs, essentially eradicating the disease and making this just the second recorded case of an HIV cure. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Is it afternoon? It is. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Holy cow, I just had the weirdest experience, and I don't know if it's because I have a cold or not, but the minute my uh, theme music started playing, everyone in the room started dancing, and I think out of the corner of my eye, I saw Rob swinging his hips. Well, Rob, were you shaking your hips, my, my friend? My arms. Those are your arms. Yeah. I need better. Grill arms thing. You guys get dancing when this music comes on. Wow. I'm sure everyone else at home does, too. You can move that <laughs> mic down. It's it's the uh, the the modern music, you know. In the early '90s, there was the big alternative rock that, thing, and now it's the Matt Townsend is, era. I love the Matt Townsend. I've never seen you all have so much energy. I'm winded, just <laughs> talking about it. Yeah, you got here 30 seconds before you're supposed to go on air. Hello. <laughs> I was watching a commercial. Is this the tease? <laughs> I was watching a commercial. Um, well, welcome to the show. It's good to be back. Monday, another day, another chest cold. I don't know what the deal is with me. We figured out that Merritt is somehow infecting me with sickness. Merritt, why do you do that? You're the, I mean, I never had it until you started the show, and now I get a cold every week. I'm just truly malicious. It's only uh, is that you're, you're just, I just shouldn't eat those cookies you keep bringing me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I know it's not you. It's probably just because it's cold season and flu season, but I had my flu shot, so I don't understand. I should be immune. Well, you know, if there's 
ever a scapegoat, it's pretty obvious who the scapegoat should be. Skyboy? Yeah, I was I was a little shocked. You didn't put the blame on me. Talent, what? producer, 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 board, board up. Board guy. Yeah, good point. It is you, Skyboy. It is. But you're never sick. Ever. Why is that? Just because I'm giving it all to you. Well, thank you. Yeah. You're just giving it away. Just giving it away. Well, I missed y'all. What'd you do for the weekend, Skyboy? Anything fun? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did fun things. Really? A yeah. date? Did we have a date? Uh, next weekend. Re- oh, really? You try yes. to do one a month? How does this work? You just no, this will be... <laughs> you can't do two weekends? No. Well, I, I was pretty busy this weekend. Doing um, what? A little band action? Yes, actually. Did you play? I'm playing the next couple weekends. Really? With a couple different bands, but I had to learn a lot of music. And now tell us, uh, tell us, because a lot of people have never heard an accordion band. <laughs> so tell basically, us, five accordions. Five accordions. We each take a different note uh-huh. to build the chords. Uh huh. You just chord it together. Yeah, and so like I play one note in a chord. Yeah. And another accordion plays a different note in the same chord. Uh-huh. And then we just switch. And notes. these are all polkas. Polkas, yes. Wow, it sounds like a really big weekend. They're training for their uh, TV pilot. They want to reboot uh, Lawrence Welk. Really? And we're going to audition for America's Got Talent. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't do the second one. I wouldn't do the latter. I don't think you'll have a shot there. I mean, sure? I'm not, you, I'm not, you haven't seen us though yet. I haven't. It's the hearing our dance that I moves are pretty be, cool too. Is it? But yeah, that we do with the accordions. So you're kind of like a you're kind of like a boy band, but with accordions. Yes, exactly. Man, but it, we wear our capes and do you? Yeah, and masks. <laughs> Wow, it's very, very graphic. What were you going to say? <laughs> Bryce has got uh, Bryce was jumping right on that weekend thing. Well, a friend of mine, she came into town for her birthday. Mm-hmm. She, she, and does well, she like accordion music? By the way, um, I don't think she does because I've got a great place you can go. <laughs> you know someone? Uh-huh. You know someone? Actually, there's five of them. Five of them? Yeah. Okay. I wonder if they dance. Do you have like? They're all, that's all dance? they can do. That's all they. can do. And by do. the way, to dance with an accordion, not easy. Those things are big and heavy. America's got Next got up is bagpipes, okay? Oh. But, but. <laughs> Don't give the secret away. Uh, friend, she came into town and we're like, what are we going to do for your birthday? I like don't friend, know. like friend, friend, or like friend? <laughs> well, that was the same word five times? Yeah. So I'm so going to I'm gonna go with friend. She, uh, we didn't know what to do. So we decided, hey, I hear there's a puppy rental service. In uh-uh. Provo. You rented a puppy. We rented a puppy. Wow. It, like, you, you sit there and you're like, wow, that sounds really weird, renting a puppy. It's the best decision I made this year so far. Is it really? Yes. And like a rental car, if you get the insurance, yeah. you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Break this one, get a new one. Okay? No, don't break Did, puppies. Don't you think you're moving too fast on the first date to be renting a puppy? Uh, no. In fact, I would recommend this move. <laughs> really? Every time. What? Now tell me, because this, I've never seen this much excitement out of you over anything except. <laughs> over a weekend. Well, except those videos, except for the otters that hold hands. Otters that really, is that the otter? That you the use, otters. You love an otter. It's always otters. So tell me about renting a puppy. So what you do is you uh, pay the money. Okay, they, it's like out of the back of a car. I mean, it really is. This? No, is they it? they drive up. Here's a puppy. Come oh, you back. You want a puppy? You want yeah. to rent this puppy? Yeah. What does a puppy cost an hour? Uh, Fifteen bucks. Wow. <laughs> you know, you could buy them cheaper than that. You can if it's not a purebred. Yeah, the, these are all mutts, as far as I can tell. But like the most, the best socialized, best behaved dogs. Like they're just puppies. They're puppies, but they love everything. How many hours did you have the dog? My friend, well, she wanted four hours, so we split it among. Us 
So it wasn't that bad, but we had a puppy just hang out with us for four hours. Wow. Fabulous little dog. And you just hold the puppy and play with it? Yeah. Sophie the Pomchi. That's what she was. You named her? No, she had her own name first. Okay. And you just, what do you, I guess you're, when you're done, is it like you're just watching the clock and you're like, oh, we've only got five more minutes? Well, it was just 830 showed up and then the guy's, hey, I'm here for, here, okay. And I then, want my dog back. Yeah. And then we gave her up and then we all cried manly tears. And Did then you? we, uh, and we went on with our lives. Then a the date bit. was over. And then we, yep, it was over. Well, that sounds fun. It was actually really good. Wow, I have not seen this much excitement. You need a dog. You need a re- you need your own dog. Uh, Matt, if you want to put me up in an apartment that is pet friendly, uh, I would love to get a dog. Because it it seems to really have energized you and changed your life. You heard it first on the Matt Townsend show. He's going to put me up in an apartment and or so a I kennel. can get a dog. Or I'll accept that. I could kill No, as long as I don't have roommates, a kennel might not be bad. What is your, and is your friend gone? Or was it the dog or was it your friend that's changed you? Um, Definitely the dog. Okay. That's interesting. Cute. Well, wow. I've never, that's great. Ran a puppy. What was the dog's name? Sophie. Cute. Beat that, Sky Boy. You don't rent animals, do you? I, I have not, but I actually really want to rent a puppy now. Do you? Yeah, I think that sounds like a lot of fun. You know, Jess here started her own company called Rent a Goat, but it didn't take <laughs> off. What happened with the goat business? Uh, apparently, people don't like to cuddle with them as much. I know. So I, I was shocked. Well, yeah, you, I mean, it blows my mind. When you see them, you just want to grab them, you know? Yeah, you can't get enough goat. <laughs> yeah, so. the cute goat. Oh, anyway. Well, interesting. Okay. Man, I guess I just... Whatever. We used to just have our own dogs so <laughs> ain't nobody Weird. got time for that nope no, you're all too busy <laughs> well okay let's go to the thing we call the human headlines real news that affects real people this is the matt townsend show human headlines the human headlines this is where we look at the good the bad the ugly of the human race we just get into the headlines the news stories that are making news this week and uh who's got the first news i do in Mer- fact it might sound kind of familiar at first. What? Um, it's not about a puppy, is it? No, but it's about kids playing with their parents' iPads. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. So a little five-year-old boy in England was playing with his parents' iPad, asked his dad to put in his password so he could download the game Zombie versus Ninja. Uh-huh. Sounds super fun. Yeah. And it was free. Yeah, for sure. But then after a few minutes, they took the iPad back. Then a few days later, the parents got a bunch of emails saying they had... A bunch of $105 purchases. And this boy was racking up charges. He was racking up charges. And fi- they didn't believe it at first. They thought it was a mistake. But finally, their cell phone company called them and asked them why they had made such a huge purchase on their account how that much, day. How much did he The spend? grand total was $2,500. Unbelievable. That this little boy managed to spend. Do you know how many hours with a puppy he could have had? That's, for $2,500? pre-trained puppy for totally. that. I will do the math on that real fast, okay? Figure that out for me. Because she... So instead of an iPad, give a puppy. Yeah. By the hour. Cheaper. My kids have done that. But... And they actually go buy stuff, but never that much money. The good news is Apple decided to refund, so... Well, they, yeah. But, yeah. No That's damage, 2500 Let bucks. it be a warning to you. Was it all from the same game? It was all from the same game. <laughs> like he was making purchases to play the game better. Yes. How old something. was the kid? Five years old. 
Now this is this is a real concern because anytime I go like hang out with my sister and her kids, they'll get bored doing whatever adults yeah. do. And so I'll give them my phone. Here, you play with my games. Play with my games. Just here, you take care of this while we do something else. And they can't read. <laughs> well, one of them can now, but they can't read. And so they'll just push anything and everything. Yeah. And so sometimes they'll say, hey, I can't get this to work. And it'll be, are you sure you want to spend $212 on these in-app yes, purchases? I'm absolutely sure. Yeah, no, I don't want to spend that on these. No, no I don't. It'd what be great I if you guys can't could read figure before out you. As I go to use my debit card anywhere, I'm pulling $3 out on my debit card. I have to put a pin in. Wouldn't the Apple store require you to put a pin in every time you – just a little four-digit do-do-do-do. No. They don't require you've already that? entered your account, right? So you've already once your your account's up and live, then it just keeps. There's no verification. Somebody steals your iPad, they can buy all the apps. That's they want. why you lock your iPad. Wow. I've had to put passwords in when I buy stuff from Apple. Oh, did, well, yeah, but if you're already on, which he was already on because he bought it, right? Oh, so it, it stays on once for, he's on. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of. But initially, you have to put one in, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So it's, he may actually at five know his parents' password. My kids know mine. Dangerous. That's what you get when you Dangerous. pick zero, 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 zero. <laughs> $2,500 divided by $15 an hour. That is 166 puppy hours. You could have had 166 hours of puppy love. It's a little less than a week if mm. I know my hours right. Well, and that's if you're going to be just permanently with the puppy. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Who else has got news for us? Any other human headlines? Matt, the the medical little miracle. I don't know if I want to call it a miracle, but sort of an accidental, uh, surprising, functional cure for AIDS. Tell me about it. So, okay, this little kid, he's born. I don't, actually, I don't know if it's he or she. Uh, this little kid is born with AIDS. Uh-huh. Uh, doctors know about it. Yeah. Um, so they they put this kid under treatment about 30 minutes after the kid was born uh, because, well, it's things look grim normally uh, with AIDS cases. So they start treating the kid for about six months. Mm. They, they treat the kid uh, regularly. Then for some reason or another, mom decides, uh, well, we're not going to go back to the doctor. They show back up when the kid's 18 months old, uh, expecting things to be Different. worse than they were. Yeah. Uh, they get the kid, and there's no more AIDS in the kid. He's clean. The kid's just, How? Well, they're, they're not totally sure. But what they really think it is is that because the kid, they treated the kid so soon after the kid was born that it prevented, I guess in, in a medical way, it prevented HIV from really uh, digging in deep. Yeah, like getting its roots in. Yeah. And Interesting. So... Do they think that's permanent? Like, is this something? Oh, that, yeah. Have they tried it on other people? Uh, they have other not tried kids? it on other people, but the kid's two now. So the kid has gone a year after that. And So apparently nothing. what it is is, an, is a, quick, uh, treatment, right, a, a quick treatment right when they're born, and then six months of treatment, then ignore the child. And then do nothing for a year, with it. And apparently boom, that does gone. it. Don't neglect your kids. But um, that's, a, that's yeah. a cool miracle right there. Yeah. I'll like, call that a miracle. Yeah. Even the doctor was just like, <laughs> we thought it was going to be terrible, but uh, apparently it's fine. This is, you know. That's a neat thing. We figured something out. Hmm. Human. Human headlines. Cool story. Anybody else got one? Yeah, I've got you. Um, what? What? <laughs> and, uh, that sounded weird. I know. It sounded like Sorry. hurry. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so there's this woman who does not fear anything. 
Like for real? Yeah. She, like you could, what are some of the examples? What if I took a goat and just shoved it in her face? Nothing. Nothing. Dangerous snake? Nothing. Nothing. Knife? Wielding? No. Men? Nothing. Accordion playing board op in a cape? Nothing. Nothing. Anyways, so she's not afraid of anything because the part of her brain that, I think it's called, hold on. The amygdala area? It's the amygdala, yeah. Yeah. Remember, I'm a doctor. (laughs) I forgot (laughs) who I was dealing with here. Yeah, Dr. Matt. (laughs) Anyways, that's damage, so she couldn't. She doesn't have that fight or flight instinct. Yeah, but now this is where it comes in. So a study just came out that they tested it. They gave her, they had her breathe some gas that had 35% carbon dioxide. Uh huh. So it made her feel like she was suffocating. She was suffocating, gonna die. And Did that work? That triggered the response, you, a panic okay, attack. Okay, why would somebody wanna trigger this in her? Let her just be fearless. For science. What's wrong with that? It's, yeah. <laughs> There, uh, there does come a time when the alligator, you know, finds its way into the kitchen. Yeah. Where flight is probably a great instinct to have, and sure. it's not a good time for her other parts of her brain to go. Oh, cool! Look at those Cute scales. Crocodile. That's really neat. I've never seen yeah. one in the kitchen before. So, th- <laughs> so they're going to induce anxiety and fear into her. <laughs> well, I guess. I mean. She, it's still a damage, so she still doesn't. But I, I'm sure it was nice for her to finally feel something. She like after they asked her, like, "Were you surprised?" She's like, "Yeah, because I usually don't feel anything." So you started so. suffocating her, or making her believe <laughs> that's she's what su- it feels like. That's interesting. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is, my friends who are like, "Man, I'm not afraid of anything. Just suffocate them yeah. a little. If you just put and a pillow over know. their face, really? don't suffocate your friends. Do it. Yes, that was just a joke." In Here's no another, way is the Matt Townsend show. Another interesting fact of this little story. Um, so they, 12, they tested 12 healthy volunteers. Uh-huh. That and had only fear. three had that panic attack. Because they like could kind of think like through same, it. Like, this isn't a big deal. Yeah. I don't know. They're but playing games. I just you. was like, that's weird that the normal people were like. I tell you. Anxiety. It's kind of scary. Some have none of it. Some have way too much. Hmm. That's what we're talking about on the show today. Bryce, do you have anxiety? Like a little fear, fear? I have airport anxiety. Do you? Like flying? <laughs> well, I just hate every absolute little thing about the airport. You're kidding. And so... And the airport's the most wonderful place in the world. No, right? the puppy dog rental place is <laughs> That is Airplanes that take off and the baggage carousel's cool. Yeah, cause... airports make me anxious, too. What about traffic, Rob? Traffic's cool. Is that... Because you I have... Think... You can look at all the different kinds of cars and you look at, at different drivers and see what their expression is. <laughs> it's, it's, you know. <laughs> you guys, you're just a strange bunch. We all are. We try to be, you know, every, every different side of the dice. Well, we've apparently got an eight-sided dice here. Right. Uh, we're going to come back in a bit with Dr. Paul Jenkins, and he's going to walk us through anxiety. Is it real? What do we do with it? How do we deal with it? How do we manage it? How do we think through it? And uh, we're going to ask him if a puppy is enough to get rid of anxiety. We're also going to say, we try to find out from Dr. Paul Jenkins why people don't feel comforted with a goat. Uh, That's all next on the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. What's next for Mars this decade? What new missions are launching? NASA introduces a Martian Magnificent 7. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. 
2011 was certainly a good year for NASA Mars research, with the successful landing of the Curiosity rover from the Mars Science Laboratory mission this past summer. But what's next? NASA has announced the schedule of seven new or continuing missions that will extend our study of the red planet over the rest of this decade. The team lineup begins with ongoing explorations by Curiosity and the smaller and older rover named Opportunity, which has surpassed all expectations for operational lifetime. Curiosity's novel design and method for landing have now been proven in real Mars conditions, and so a duplicate super rover, based on the same design as the MSL, is in the works for a launch in 2020. Meanwhile, the MAVEN orbiter will launch this year to study the upper atmosphere of Mars. Later, the InSight lander will do seismic geology experiments to find out if Mars has a solid or liquid core and if it has continental plates like Earth. NASA will also partner with the European ExoMars missions in 2016 and 2018, contributing key equipment to two orbiters and a rover. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. International affairs can affect our daily lives far more than we realize. Gain detailed knowledge of world events by attending lectures from the Kennedy Center here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Kennedy Center will keep you current with solutions to the most pressing worldwide concerns suggested by top scholars from BYU and abroad. Tune in weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern for Notes from the Kennedy Center. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about anxiety and the stress it brings in our lives, our relationships. Uh, you know, we live in a scary world. With news headlines tells uh, tales of death and destruction from around the world and even trouble in the neighborhood next door. So why on earth do people go out of their way to scare themselves even more? Okay, I understand thrills. That Cloverleaf freeway ramp to my neighborhood says exit 35 miles an hour, but it's so much more fun at 55. But it's a cheap thrill, so long as I don't squeal and wear the tires down or roll the car. But I had some friends just spend a small fortune to go to a large amusement park. It's like $50 a person. And why? So they can spend the day, all day, in line, getting sunburned to enjoy free fall. Now, if I understand correctly, free fall is the body's defense mechanism to tell you, don't do this, you'll die. Now, I guess I could find roller coasters to be forgivably fun, but at the edge of the park, there's this bungee jump slingshot thing. You're 150 feet in the air, and they, they send you flying back and forth, and you fall up, and you shoot up in the air. The park's website calls it skydiving without the parachute. I call it falling out of a 15-story window. Only you don't die. Hopefully. Don't forget to sign your 25-page liability waiver. And since we're mentioning it, skydiving itself. Why do people spend lots of money to fall out of a perfectly good airplane? It's simulating plummeting to your death. People pay money to do this. Oh, it's okay. You have a parachute. Well, why don't I start an attraction where you pay me a lot of money and I'll throw you out of my car at highway speed? It's 
It's okay, you'll have shoulder pads. <laughs> Sounds so violent. But seriously, I like it's, your little it's door just binging. as dangerous. Why? Well, because it's not as fun flying out of your car at 55. Well, it's because it's not in style. But if you had like a little gerbil ball that you put people in and then tossed them out at 70 miles an hour and they kind of rolled. That's Rob, not a bad idea. Rob, you need to uh, trademark what you just said, okay? Gerbil think, ball. Do you really think there's a market for that? I really think there oh, is. sure. I think the police would frown on it. The Skyboy's sitting here thinking, I love that. That would be way cool. Well, you're talking about the, the gerbil ball or skydiving? Well, <laughs> skydiving. <laughs> I've been. I went skydiving once, and it was a lot of fun. But why? Why, why? did I go? What is it? Is it the fear of like just totally being splatted to death? Did that come <laughs> across your mind? Like, did you think, what if this all doesn't work? Yeah, I probably thought about it, but what if you... the the chances of you surviving skydiving are greater than you not? Oh, that's what they tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Tell that to the ones that did not. <laughs> but don't survive. you have kind of a Will Smith moment when you open the door and you look out and you're like, heck no, where you're just like. Well, hey, no, I think, okay, so when I was 16 years old, my dad promised me skydiving, and we went, and the morning of, we were going to go, we called, and I found out I had to be 18. So, like, that morning, I was, like, kind of freaking out, but then after that, I had two years of, like, okay, when I'm 18, I'm going. No, and, and, and what got the idea in your head? Like, to me, that's, we need to ask Dr. <clears throat> Jenkins, because that seems like you're not healthy. I don't know. I really like that, like, a rush, I guess. I like going yeah. fast, if it's safe. But there are things, like... I want to go bungee jumping, but I'm definitely more scared to do that. Really? But, yeah. But I would love to. Have you ever tried just sticking your head out the window while you drive? Yeah, I've done that a lot. My actually. dog does that, and he seems to like that a lot. <laughs> I used to have to do that because I get ice on the inside of my car <laughs> yeah. and the outside I can see. So yeah. You know, like a lot of people have these there's things called scrapers, and you just scrape the ice off your car so that way you don't stick your head out the window well, and yeah. drive in the snow. We won't get into the details, but. Okay. So Rob still doesn't get well, why I, you want to kill I just yourself. Think I, I've had PTSD from car accidents that weren't that serious. So wouldn't you have hardcore PTSD you get, from I got a little jumping nervous. out of an airplane? I got a little nervous, but I mean... But I mean, doesn't it give you nightmares later? Like you're, you're walking down the stairs and you go, oh, I've got to go fall. And did you do it again after? Before. So have you gone since? I've, I almost did, and I really want to. I want to get certified, actually. I want to do it a lot. Really? Yeah, it's really fun. And it's not it's not that scary. I mean, for I didn't think it was that scary because like it's almost surreal. Look, well, you're also strapped to a guy that actually has a clue. Yeah. Like that's why the bungee thing's scary. If to I me. was jumping out by myself, I'd be scared to death. Yeah. Until like I did it a bunch and knew what I was doing. But Well, or some guy strapping you into a bungee cord that looks like he's from a carnival ride. <laughs> I mean, that's like the last thing you need. I mean, right before you're about to jump off a bridge. Don't you have that moment where as you get out of the plane and you go, oh, I can't undo what I just did. I hope this works. <laughs> you didn't Like when that. I'm falling or when I'm... Yeah, that, that, when your feet are on the floor of the plane, you know that you probably still have a good 65 years of your life ahead of you. But the moment you step off of that plane... You might not anymore. You're just Back, you you're down very to good minutes. Odds. You're down to minutes. That's not what you're thinking about. I, there was four, like four or five people that jumped right before me, and so I was watching them, and they they just drop. And I, I was pretty excited. I have a video. I can bring it in. Yeah, I want to see that. Were your lips flapping in the wind? Yeah, they're flapping and everything. It was pretty fun. I see. Okay, I think that's the difference. Is it was fun. He likes that charge. He can manage his emotion. That's exciting. There's some people out there that that they that it's not even about a jump. It's just about going to school. They get psyched out. They have too much anxiety and fear about just going to something like school. Freaks As, them yeah, out. Yeah, I, I can get just yeah, as much a... of a thrill just pulling up 
Drudge Report and going, what? Hamas and Israel? <gasps> well, see, maybe that just means you're amped a little higher and, and he, you're lower. Sky, I, I would so get I would get more, more scared if I had to like give like a really big presentation in front of like a would lot you of really? people. That's I'd, easy. I'd be a lot yeah, more scared. But you're doing that. one right now. Yeah, well, this is different. Like if I, but he's in disguise with the mask. Yeah, everything. nobody knows who I am. <laughs> well, it's, with radio, you can't see their looks of disapproval. You just <laughs> yeah, you, you can't even do hear your him thing. turning it off. Exactly. Right now. Whatever. Right. Gosh. Well, okay, we're talking anxiety. Now, that is just fear, right? Uh, But anxiety is something else, a clinical diagnosis about, you know, you feel fear. You can't get over some of these thoughts. It might stop you from performing, from doing certain things you should be doing. We're we're unlocking the concerns about anxiety. We're joined by Dr. Paul Jenkins. He's going to be instructing us on how to... uh, lose the anxiety in our lives, or at least how to approach it a little differently. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. There isn't a better way to listen to music than from a live concert. But let's be honest, no one can make it to a concert every night. So on Highway 89, we bring you music like you're actually there at the concert with front row seats. We aren't playing some doctored up recording and there are no do-overs. Instead, we bring raw music straight from our studio to you. Tune in weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern to Highway 89 on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A new measure in the House is attempting to cover defense spending, which took a major hit from last week's $85 billion cuts. The bill would fund the government through the fiscal year and give the Pentagon more flexibility for readiness programs. Secretary of Homeland Security Janet Napolitano is cautioning airline passengers to get to the airport even earlier than usual due to likely increased wait times to get through security lines following new across-the-board spending cuts. After a strange trip to North Korea, White House officials are slamming former pro basketball player Dennis Rodman and North Korean leaders. White House Press Secretary Jay Carney said today the North Koreans should focus on providing basic needs to their people, not entertaining celebrity guests. Demolition crews could get a better look at the massive Florida sinkhole that swallowed up a man last week. Crews are raising what is left of his house before deciding how to fill the hole. Doctors have successfully cured a baby born with the HIV virus. Just 38 hours after birth, the child was treated with antiretroviral drugs, essentially eradicating the disease and making this just the second recorded case of an HIV cure. In world news, Syrian rebels have seized a provincial capital as they continue to advance in the now two-year-old conflict. Reporters say the opposition fighters have been smashing statues of current President Bashir Assad's father. A tough election day in Kenya with over 15 people killed due to gang attacks as the polls open for the first time since a disputed 2007 election. At least nine police officers and six gang members were killed during the attacks. It's been four days since the Pope stepped down, and already over 100 cardinals are in Vatican City in preparation for the conclave. Many have expressed excitement about the possibilities a new Pope can bring. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, today we are joined by Dr. Paul Jenkins. Dr. Jenkins is a marriage counselor extraordinaire. He likes to be called the man, the myth, the legend. That's what I like to be called, man. <laughs> I've got a cold. Right hey, did you hear our discussion about goats? I did. Don't you think goats are just more anxiety-ridden than, let's say, a cute little puppy dog? Unless it's a chihuahua. Because little chihuahuas are just stressed out of their head. Yeah, dog psychology. I don't know if we want to get into <laughs> we that need a vet. We need a dog psychologist. Right. You're here for a different reason. Anxiety. Yeah. Because a lot of – it's a big deal. I see it in Huge. a ton of clients. and um, But it's almost like I'm not sure we all know what it is. We just think mm-hmm. some people are skittish or afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's some kind of normal worries, like the mom that's worried every time her son climbs up on the couch and is playing Superman. Right. Like that's just normal to have a little fear, right? What's the difference then between a little fear and anxiety? Yeah. And you're going down the right path here, Matt, because fear is a normal experience you should have in life. It. Yeah. And it serves us well, right. too. If right. you don't have some fear, you're, like the, you're, 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 you're doing some pretty dumb stuff. Well, like that lady that we did, they were doing the study on that they have to now, they're trying oh, right. to test her and induce some anxiety mm-hmm. by taking away mm-hmm. her oxygen well, level. Well, it's a survival mechanism, and that gets back to what the basis of anxiety is. And I like to look at it as having two primary components. So we've got a brain component, yeah. and we've got a mind Okay, component. interesting. So brain, I guess, is more physiology. The brain isn't your mind any more than your little finger is your mind. Right. It's part of your body. Yeah. It's the most vital organ in your body. Yep. So as an organ in your body, it has some very predictable physiological responses. And different parts of your brain do different things. So there's a part of your brain that is in charge of keeping you alive. Right. At that that, heart rate. Isn't that great Keep things happening. Right. Yeah. And... This part of your body, we'll call it collectively the limbic system. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned earlier the amygdala. There's some other structures in the brain that contribute to this. But just as you understand that this part of your brain has the job of keeping you alive, and one of the things that it does is it has a reaction to threat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what is this, a threat? You're about to be harmed some way, shape, exactly. or form. Exactly. And it picks, up the, it picks up data that says this could be threatening, right? So you're, then the limbic part of your brain is the, to keep your heart – I mean to keep you from having a problem. Exactly. It's, it's saving your life. Yes, it's a survival mechanism. So a threat appears. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're out here. We've got this beautiful spring weather yeah. here today. And we're out taking a little walk through the woods, and suddenly a big angry bear comes out from nowhere. I wants to rip your face you off. You should have a little anxiety right there. You think? <laughs> yeah. So this originates in the limbic system of the brain. When that threat appears, it triggers a chemical response. And this is important for people to understand because it's, it, it's an actual signal that goes from the brain to glands located throughout your body and also in your brain. Right. Now, glands, what do they do? They create and store chemicals. There you go. So this is There's where you get a little bit of adrenaline. You get a, what, is, what are some of the chemicals? Adrenaline is like the top one. It's my favorite one. And that's the one most people are familiar well, with. Well, that's okay? the one Skyboy loves, jumping out of an airplane. Absolutely. But see, what the problem is, it's funny now, because, but when he's like 40, he's going to have no adrenaline left. He, his will just have empty little <laughs> adrenal sacs. 
of just <laughs> emptiness, and he'll he won't be able to get out of bed. Well, your body naturally creates adrenaline. Okay, and. And it's a necessary yeah. thing for survival because when this signal comes to the adrenal gland, squirt, yeah, shoots it right into your bloodstream. Heart rate goes up. Okay. Exactly. That's what the chemical does. It yeah. causes your heart rate to increase. Your breathing gets yeah. shallow, fast, and, yeah. and you feel this rush. Now, as long as it's controlled, we call it entertainment. That's a good movie. Yeah. A good, like, scary movie. Now, there's a couple of things, though, about this limbic system, okay? Now, it's a natural response. Yeah. Your limbic system is in a primitive area of your brain. It doesn't do any thinking. That's for the higher cortical regions, like up in your frontal cortex, prefrontal stuff. So it doesn't do any thinking. And because of that, it can't discern the difference between a real threat And a perceived threat or yeah. a manufactured threat. It doesn't know. But it fires no. as if it's it, it fires so strongly that you you feel compelled. You feel yeah. the effect quickly. So you mentioned a good movie. You're sitting yeah. in an intense movie. What happens? Your heart rate increases. Right. You right. start to grab those armrests yeah. just a little too tightly. This is your limbic system reacting to what? Light on a screen. Yep. Sound from the Dolby system. You're not in danger. Yeah. But does your limbic system know that? No. It can't discern the difference. So your body has the effect, and then I guess your higher brain says, dude, relax, it's just a movie. Well, I call that the cognitive override. Yeah. You know, where your thinker can kick in and say, yeah, you paid eight bucks for the show, you haven't even finished your popcorn. (laughs) And, And so you stay in your seat and you enjoy the feeling because there's a perception of control. A roller coaster is another great example. Yeah. Freaking out your limbic system. Are you really in danger? No. Some yeah. people might debate that. Yeah. Well, but see, you're, I, every time I go on a roller coaster, I'm thinking, okay, they wouldn't let us die. Yeah, you think? They're going to have you locked in. Come oh, on. the safety inspections and things. And that doesn't matter, people though. just got off smiling. That's right. You're not really in danger. Yeah. But you're freaking out your limbic system, and as long as that control is there, then we call it entertainment. You can get the same feeling driving your car off of a cliff. Yeah. Well, see, that's a harder ending. Yeah. That's the one you can't back And your perception of control, you know, the reversibility of the whole thing. It's it's so terror and excitement or thrills, pretty much the same thing physiologically. Yeah. Now, psychologically, it's a whole different thing. So that's interesting. So part of what you're battling, whether it's just fear or anxiety, is... There's a physiological reaction that doesn't necessarily discern if this is a healthy fear or an unhealthy fear. That's right. And, and so your brain's going to operate that way with or without you. Exactly. It's automatic. It's default. Mm-hmm. And it's survival. Yeah. So and I guess some people have better con- – I mean, I guess – I mean, there's, there's probably better – I mean, if you think of it as a Almost like a switching station. Some people have got to have a better switching station of managing some of that. And I mean, mm-hmm. I assume that some people can't turn that off. You, I think it's on for all of us. Okay. But you're on to something else too because you can train that response. Yeah. Or you can train yourself in different situations to respond in specific ways. Right. But here's the other thing. There was some, some brain scan research that was done where they actually go in and they look at pictures of the brain. And have you seen these scans where different parts Uh light up in different colors? Okay. So in this research, they determined that when this limbic system, when this fight or flight brain is active, there's actually a decrease of blood flow to the frontal cortex. 
So you actually have less access to your good brain, your, your high thinker. thinker. Yeah. Exactly. It shuts it down. Now, why? Oh, well, because you're not there to think. Well, go back to the bear for a minute. Here comes the bear. What are you going to do? Don't Sit down on a stump, this. think it through. No. But see, so it's interesting. So then you start to, you just go by reaction. So you run, mm-hmm. which is probably going to ensure your demise well, with the bear. But um, you don't want to necessarily be thinking there. You want to just react. The gut response to threat is fight. Yeah. Or flight. Yeah. And there are different versions of that. Sometimes we add freeze, but that's kind of a way of avoiding. Yeah. Pretending like it's not it's, there. So the fight or flight response is all that your limbic system is offering you at that point yeah. as a response to this threat. Notice a very binary choice, right? So instead of having yeah. a thousand choices of what to do with the bear, you have two. Okay. So Matt, you and I both work with couples. Yeah. In all a marriage long. problem, okay? Yeah. Do you ever see the fight or flight response? Every fight, every discussion. Do I look fat in this? <laughs> Careful. <laughs> see, but like that right there causes, or honey, can we talk? Yeah. And you see them immediately, their eyes dilate. Yeah. And they, they, they've got to start walking. Well, they go into this limbic system response. Yeah, that's the And killer, you look huh? at a marriage problem, what's going to help most, fighting or running mm, away? Neither. Or you don't like your choices. Yeah. So part of our answer to anxiety is to, to re-energize or turn on the part of your brain that can do the logical reason, the high, problem yeah. solving, the higher cognition centers of your brain. Well, and it seems like so because it doesn't even mean that the data is accurate. Like people could feel anxiety thinking they need to speak in public. Yes. And they actually may be really good at it, but they have a reaction mm-hmm. an anxiety to it. The body actually, the physiology then makes it feel real. And in reality... Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine. So you need to somehow get in that high brain and say, hey, you do this all the time. Whenever your limbic system, that that primitive fight or flight part of your brain perceives a threat, whether it's real or imagined or manufactured or whatever, it's going to kick in this chemical response that we call anxiety. Now, there's different forms of that. Right. But I said also that there are two components. So there's the brain brain component and the mind component. We've been talking about the brain. The mind is you. Okay? Don't blame this on me, Dr. It's the th- it, It's mad, everybody. <laughs> okay, word. It's not my fault. But it's true. There's another side of this, It's huh? the part of you that's inside of there doing the thinking, doing the choosing, doing the discerning, doing the evaluating. Okay? This is the self, the spirit, the soul. What the People call it different things. Yeah. But this is you. Okay? We'll call it the mind. Now, sources of threat can come from outside of you. Or your mind can generate them. Absolutely. And it usually happens at a subconscious level with a question. And the question is very predictable. Yeah. What if? What if this happens? Yeah. What if? You fill in the blanks. What if? What if? What if? What if? Your subconscious mind can't even ask that question without also answering it. Yeah. It's going to have an answer. And the answer is typically... You can't handle that. Yeah, you will fall apart. It'll you'll lose everything. The alarm goes off, boom, triggers the limbic system in the brain and we're off to the races with fight or flight. Uh, okay, we're going to come back. I want to get into this mind part because okay. you know, the physiological, I guess we can control to a point. There are some tools and we'll talk yeah, about we'll those. We'll get into those. Okay, we're talking to Dr. Paul Jenkins, you know, marriage counselor extraordinaire stud of the earth, I think is what he wanted me to call him. Not really. 
But this guy is walking us through anxiety. He is teaching us about the brain and the mind. We've got to learn to get better control of this. We want to hear your questions. Do you have anxiety issues in your family with the people you love? Give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'll get you on the the line here with Dr. Jenkins and uh, see if he can't help you through with this. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sure, robots are useful, but will we ever build robots that are not creepy? Relatable robots coming up. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Robot manufacturers keep making progress on robots that can use human tools and environments and work with as well as for us. But for every person out there that loves robots, you can also find one who's just plain creeped out by them. That unease humans feel is called the uncanny valley problem, where robots sort of look real but don't act real. Solving this problem has been a goal at Hanson Robotics, which previously built famous animated model robot heads of Albert Einstein, as well as the late sci-fi author Philip K. Dick. Now, Hanson's pushing ahead with even more expressive bots, in an effort not just to escape the uncanny valley, but to give future robots actual empathy for humans, even if only in simulated form. They're doing this with more lifelike artificial robot skin, as well as with software that looks at a human face and reads their expressions to deduce their emotional state and create appropriate responses. Such tech also has therapy applications with certain types of autism patients who have trouble reading the feelings of people around them. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. You've just listened to part of our show. Is there anything you're wondering about? Do you have a question you need answered or a thought to share? Maybe you have a story you'd like to tell. Call into BYU Radio during one of our talk shows and chat with one of our hosts. The number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We'd love to hear from you. Just call 855 855- chat BYU. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're, we're joined here by Dr. Paul Jenkins, uh, marriage counselor extraordinaire, psychologist, and um, the has a website, myanxietyanswer.com. So if you're out there suffering from a little anxiety, trying to figure out how to get your life back instead of just kind of turning it all over to your anxious feelings, he's walking us through. So far, Dr. Paul, you've been telling us about the brain, kind of the chemical reaction Mm -hmm. that goes on. And uh, now we've been getting into the mind. You've kind of differentiated. Your brain is different than your mind. Right. I guess the mind is the... Think of it as the brain is part of the body. Yeah. Okay. And the the mind is you. Yeah. That's the simplest way. And the mind is more like the essence, the spirit of you. Right. But have you noticed that you're not in complete control of your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, mean, even if you think you are, just sit there for five more minutes and you'll notice that, (laughs) oh, look at the flower. Well, there's there's a whole interesting psychology around all of that. Yeah. But here's here's another simple way to look at this. If you think of your mind as having a top part and a bottom part, 
So the top is the conscious mind. The conscious mind is aware of everything that's going on. So you can describe to me what you're thinking. That's your conscious mind. Yeah. And the bottom, down in the basement, where the lights are off, right, is the subconscious. Sub meaning below. Below the conscious like level. Like subway, submarine. Mm-hmm. Okay, below consciousness, subconscious. Yeah. I've heard so, that like, that's like 90-something percent of your brain is the subconscious. Well, you figure that your brain's in charge of everything. Yeah. So what if you had to think about everything yeah. that's going Breathing. on? In yeah. and out. All the automatic stuff. So yeah. a lot of that stuff just gets programmed in. But your subconscious mind has this habit also of asking questions. Yeah. And we talked about one just before the break. The what if question. Yeah. What if what I if, can't handle what if, it? What if? And then your your subconscious yeah. can't go without an answer, so it makes one up. And the one that it makes up is typically, We're, you can't handle that. Like the worst case scenario. Because again, it's there to protect you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, your subconscious is down there. To preserve you, right. to make sure you're not going to get crushed. So it seems like if you ask yourself a what if question, mm-hmm. the best scenario for the low brain is to go to the worst case scenario. Protect yourself from at least the worst. Right. Isn't I mean, it seems like there's got to be a reason we would be so reactive. But notice this. The worst case scenario is a big threat. Totally. So what does your lizard brain want to do with that? Yep. Avoid it. Yeah. So run. Don't it's even go to that It's the fight or flight question. response. Right. right. So, th- so it's this trap. It's this cycle mm-hmm. where anxiety begins to feed on itself. And to answer that, we've got a couple of tools that we can apply. Okay. And let's start with the brain. Let's go back to the brain first. Yeah. Calming that brain, calming that limbic system response is the first thing we want to do. Because once we do that, we can redirect the blood flow within the brain to those centers that are taking care of logic and problem solving. Keep the blood in your head instead of in your extremities. Exactly. Yeah. So that we can can use our full resources. Now, the quickest way I know to do this, and this is going to sound really simple, but remember, Matt, we're not talking about the part of your brain that does all of the thinking. Right. No, right. This is a very physiological, very reactive part of your brain. So we're going to talk to it physiologically. Mm. And that's how it makes the best sense for me because it sounds a little hoo-hoo. Yeah, no, but but honestly, okay. it's your brain will respond to the physical. What if I could take you down to, to the hospital and in same-day surgery, we just remove a little portion of your skull <laughs> and we install a switch there. Wouldn't that be great? So that anytime you want, just, oh, oh, there you go. that's so much better. Butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do psychosurgery. Right, no. But there's a switch that's already in there. And as you learn how to use that switch, it makes all the difference. Yeah. The switch is breathing. Just just because that's it. Yeah. Because your body, when you're, high, when you're reactive, mm-hmm. alters its breathing faster, faster, faster. Exactly. And it's telling, that's telling every part of your body something. Yeah. Threat, well, threat, and it's threat. responding to that chemical infusion yeah. of the adrenaline and other chemicals. So that you're saying triggered. if you consciously alter your breathing. Exactly. Now, this is something that's usually on autopilot. Yeah. Okay. So if you consciously alter your breathing, focus on it, slow it down. And I like to recommend that people breathe in through their nose. Mm-hmm. We're going to mechanically change the way you breathe. Yeah. And have you focus on that for a moment. Okay. So you breathe in through the nose, nice and deep. And you stretch those lungs, and and then you hold. And you don't yeah. have to hold a You're long ne- time. You never hold your breath normally. You know no. what I mean? You, right. Now you're consciously... And the trick is to consciously take control of the subconscious pro- process. Yeah. 
you hold for maybe 10, 15 seconds, a little longer if you can, but that doesn't matter too yeah. much. And then you release through your mouth slowly. Yeah. Now, usually when we exhale, it's just like, <sighs> yeah, get it out. But I, I'm talking purse your lips yeah. and just like you're blowing out birthday candles. And nice and, it, and slow. No, but that works. And then you push it out because usually when you exhale, you leave about 30% of yeah, your lung capacity. You want all of that emptied out. You want to push it out because that's going to allow you to breathe in even deeper the next time. And you do this three or four times through your in through the nose, yeah. hold, out through the mouth, mm-hmm. slow, measured, focused breathing. Guess how you're going to feel? Oh, yeah. Calm. I mean, do you feel it a little bit? Just oh, absolutely. Having done the little bit, and we you know did. what? The whole time I'm thinking of when I was in journalism school, and they were teaching us how to be ready to read the script on TV. Mm-hmm. They'd always say, "What I like." We talk to the anchors, and they, well, what I like to do is take a deep cleansing breath right before I go on the air. Right. Every time the camera before the camera comes back, I like to breathe you in. You said that in a nice anchor you, voice. That's, I was trying to do that, mm-hmm. but the irony of it is that's all they were doing. They were just getting rid of right. any nerves by breathing through it. And then all of a sudden you're at this peaceful state. That's almost like a little reset button. Uh-huh. Just boom, you hit yeah. that button. And this doesn't solve anything. No. Okay. You'll notice that all the problems in your life are still well, yeah. there. You still got the husband you do that's the a jerk. You still got the wife that doesn't Absolutely. care. You're still yeah. going into bankruptcy, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But it gives you the resources now to think this through. Now you've got some blood going back to your head. Exactly. Love that. And that's so easy. Yeah. Who can't breathe? It's well, well, someone that's hijacked. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're being hijacked by this part of your brain that loves you, wants yeah. you to be safe, doesn't want you to be bare chow. Yeah. That's right. Doesn't want you eaten by the this bear. This is not right. But it's nothing personal. Your brain's not trying to destroy you. It's just reacting to something without you choosing it. But you start right. breathing, you're kind of taking it back. We're taking over the controls again and, and enacting a part of your brain that has the capacity to solve this That's or at huge. least to come up with some answers that, that are different. Can that help people that, um, let's say they've been to a therapist or a counselor or a psychiatrist or something, and they've been diagnosed with anxiety? Okay. Can that still help them? Absolutely. I mean, it's still right then g- garnering control. Whether you have an official diagnosis or not. This is the process that's occurring. Yeah. And a lot of times the docs are going to try to address this in different ways. Right. And it depends on their philosophical orientation, obviously. What does a medication do? It changes your body chemistry. Yeah. So I guess that's a slower reaction. What does deep breathing do? It changes your body chemistry. But the interesting thing the is one thing. of them is in your hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming the big, the hardest part about that is to actually notice you're being hijacked by your uh, your fight-or-flight brain mm-hmm. soon enough to not already be so flooded that you can bring it down. Well, even if you're flooded, what are you going to do? Yeah. Continue to panic? Yeah. That's so an option. Breathe through it. <laughs> or And just sit down. Now, here's what I would recommend. Yeah. Practice it. Well, that's, I mean, that's yoga. That's meditation. It, that's... Exactly. Well, those things... Help you to That's, accomplish the yeah. same thing that we're talking about here. Anything that you practice, you get better at. What if you've been practicing panicking? <laughs> I'm master. Pretty it. darn good at it. <laughs> that guy can really panic. So here's what I would suggest, especially if you're dealing with some anxiety or someone that you love is dealing with some anxiety. Practice breathing. And by that I mean three to five reps. In through the nose. In through the nose. Out through hold, the mouth. Hold 10, 15 seconds. Out through the mouth slowly. Push it a little bit. 
Okay? Empty it so out. So you're stretching. Now, that's one rep. Love it. You do three to five of those three times a day, five days. And what it does is it gives you a more conscious control over a typically subconscious process. Love that. And then when you're starting to get flooded, when you feel the triggers, even one breath, if you've practiced, even one breath can help to reverse that process physiologically and put you back in control with your thinking brain. And you can, I mean, what's so great about that? So the the child that's a little anxious that's about to go take his test... Mm -hmm. We could we can teach our kids this and oh, have a yeah. breathing exercise, or the one that then has to get up and give the report. We can do the breathing right, exercise or the piano recital or whatever it is. The other is. thing that's powerful mm-hmm. about it is it just brings you present. And when you're present, you're not asking the what if, the future question, and no. you're not thinking about what happened last time. Mm-hmm. You're just present in this moment, mm-hmm. which I guess most of the time would kind of teach you there's nothing to fear right here. Anxiety is all about the future. Yeah. Because right now everything's okay. Yeah. And I blew it the last time, so it's going to happen again. Right. You start to predict Isn't all of the mess? failure. See, it's. Mm-hmm. It, I love that it's that simple. So breathing is one technique for the brain. That's the brain tool. Is there – and really I guess what you're doing is you're just you're, – you're giving your brain some other physiological activity to have to pay attention to. Right. Which will maybe um, steal back the reaction. Well, and remember, the limbic system is kind of in the dark. Yeah. It doesn't go out there and discern, is this a real threat or not? It just responds as if it is. Mm -hmm. So you can trick your limbic system. We do that all the time on a roller coaster or in a movie. Yeah. You can trick your limbic system. Listen to what I said. Yeah. Even if you're in danger, you can trick it into calming down. And if you're not in danger... Let's instruct our limbic system what to do on our behalf instead of being taken hostage by it. And that's all we're doing through the breathing. That really probably is the same thing that's going on in anger management classes and all of these Mm -hmm. other things where you've got to learn to control this reaction. And Matt, I teach this in anxiety. I teach it in marriage counseling. I teach it in anger management. Do you see how the application is the same same in all of those? It's funny because it almost seems like our brain is at odds with us. Right. In a way, it is. And it, it, it's there to save us, mm-hmm. but we're no longer, you know, having a raptor chase us. Right. Now it's just our wife wanting to talk. Yeah. it feels the same. And how many of you are married to a bear? That's exactly. Please don't answer too Do quickly. Not call with that question. Right. Paul, good stuff. We're talking to Dr. Paul Jenkins. You can uh, find out information about Paul's stuff at myanxietyanswer.com. He's a marriage counselor, psychologist. He just gets it. He gets anxiety. He, In fact, you know, he it says it only takes a few sessions to, to learn how to manage this in your brain. Um, we're going to come back, and Paul's going to get into the mind side of this. So we've kind of got the breathing tool for the brain. We're going to go find out what the tools are for the mind. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. Again, if you have questions about anxiety in your life, in your family, If you have anything you want to share with Dr. Paul Jenkins or ask him, now's your chance. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
In the face of steep new budget cuts, a new House measure is trying to make certain the nation's defenses are as strong as ever. The measure plans to fund the government through the end of the fiscal year and give the Pentagon more flexibility for readiness and training programs. According to a Reuters source, President Obama is planning to appoint David O'Connor to head the Secret Service. O'Connor is the former assistant director of investigations for the Secret Service. After a strange trip to North Korea, White House officials are slamming former pro basketball player Dennis Rodman and North Korean leaders. White House Press Secretary Jay Carney said today the North Koreans should focus on providing basic needs to their people, not entertaining celebrity guests. The weather in Washington is soon to match the moods of lawmakers after last week's failed sequester negotiations. A nasty snowstorm is headed towards the capital that could be the largest to hit the D.C. area this season. Demolition crews could get a better look at the massive Florida sinkhole that swallowed up a man last week. Crews are raising what is left of the man's home before deciding how to fill the hole. In world news, Syrian rebels have seized a provincial capital as they continue to advance in the now two-year-old conflict. Reporters say the opposition fighters have been smashing statues of current President Bashir Assad's father. Malala Yousafzai, the 15-year-old girl who has recovered after being shot in the head by Taliban assassins, has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Also nominated was Bradley Manning, the U.S. Army private accused of leaking classified information to WikiLeaks. It's been four days since the Pope stepped down, and already over 100 cardinals are in Vatican City in preparation for the conclave. Many have expressed excitement about the possibilities a new Pope can bring. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking anxiety. We have Dr. Paul Jenkins with us, who is a, uh, a psychologist, a marriage and family counselor. He he gets it. He gets anxiety, and um, you know, there's a million different ways, I guess, to skin the anxiety cat, which sounds really bad. <laughs> if we'll that work doesn't on cause your anxiety later. But uh, but Dr. Jenkins has been teaching us there's basically two ways around this. You got to kind of have a brain approach. You got to have a mind approach. The brain approach he was teaching us, you know, you can use one technique is just breathing, getting our breathing right. Yeah, it's the quickest one. It's the I quickest, know. fastest way to communicate to mm-hmm. the brain too. But you know what else? Exercise. Yeah. Some people like yoga, meditation. Anything that has that calming effect is going to help what us if, to get there. Like what calms me is a really good Twinkie, <laughs> and uh, or any kind of fried food. And hostess is that a problem? <laughs> anyway, don't go there. Um, but so maybe don't go eat to calm yourself. Breathing, exercise, yoga, some form of meditation, some prayer, things like that will be just as effective. But you were going to get into the mind side, yes. and uh, and then we have a caller, Marcia from Idaho. We're going to bring on in a minute Great. that I think I th- think you're going to be able to help a lot. Let's. Uh, so what's the key on the mind side? The mind is. You kind of the inner you, the, the this the, is the you, the thinker, the decider, the one that's that's you. Yeah, and there's a subconscious portion of your mind that is asking this "what if" question. Yeah, what if and, I can't do this? What if mom dies? What if they don't come home? So here's the tool. Yeah, answer the what ifs. But we're going to bring it up from the basement. 
Okay. okay. Because we know how the subconscious is handling that question. The subconscious is saying, you can't handle that. You can't handle this question, so don't even ask it. And if you can't handle something, that's a huge threat. We yeah. just triggered the limbic system. Boom, off to the races. Yeah, you're too weak for this. So we're going to bring that question from the basement up to the conscious mind, and we're going to answer it truthfully. Okay. Interesting. Now, this is tough, especially because... Everything inside of us is saying, no, avoid it, avoid it, yeah. avoid it, avoid it. So if the issue is a public speaking opportunity, someone's okay. going to go out, they're, told, they're feeling a ton of fear, a ton of insecurity mm-hmm. about this opportunity to speak publicly. Mm-hmm. You're saying instead of just telling them it's not a big deal, it's, it's not, not a big a, deal. It's going to go great. You're saying we have to answer the question. The, the worst case, what if? That's what if the I one fail? your mind is asking. Yeah. So the, then you go down deep and you say, how do you answer that? So here's a, here's a quick example. I had a couple in my office fighting, just going after it. I got them sat down. It was a young couple. Yeah. I uh, got them sat down. I said, what's going on? They said, well, our gas is going to get shut off on Friday. So why are they fighting? Yeah. Well, it's because they're both in fight or flight mm-hmm. mode. Hijacked right? by their... They don't even have a beef with each other, no. really. Right. But they're panicking because of this. So I asked them the question, what if, what if, if the gas happens? gets shut off? And her response was, oh, probably will. <laughs> and I said, I know. And then what? If it does, See, then they had what? never taken it to that point. And we don't want, yeah, that's it. The, the we're, mind we're is too, avoiding well, it. Well, we're already too busy running and fighting. Right. So I pushed him on it. I said, seriously, what then? What if your gas gets shut off? I and they paused we... for it. It totally took them off guard, but they paused for a minute. They started thinking this was in the winter. It's cold in Utah in the winter. Yeah. They had a little baby. And he finally said, well, you know what? We can bring the kid in our room. We've got a little electric space heater. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay, what else? And then she came up with, yeah, and we've got some extra blankets in the closet. I guess we could bring those out. Yep. And then I chimed in. Are you going to take a cold shower? Are you going to warm up some water on that electric stove of yours and take a bath? You know, finally, they're seeing this as a pioneer adventure. Yeah, we can do this. And I saw their fight or flight response visibly just leave. Yeah. Okay. Because well, you're, you're handling it. Right. It's no longer the ghost in the basement. Now, check it out. As soon as we answered the what if question truthfully, they changed their answer from we can't handle that to I guess we could handle it, huh? Uh-huh. We'd have to. See, so inherently, we can answer the question. It's just, it's almost the, right. so anxiety is the tension of having this question that might even be a little erratic mm-hmm. that's not being answered. It is being answered. That's the point. Oh, it's, being it's being answered, answered in the worst case scenario ne- you negatively. You can't handle that. Yeah. Whether it's the worst case yeah. or something less than that, your mind has you convinced that you can't handle it, and so you're panicking. And yet, if you bring it out and surface it, you got it. When you answer the what if question. Honestly. And you, you do said. it truthfully, because mm-hmm. seriously, Matt, yeah. what can you not handle? Right. If you had to. I had a, a couple of kids teach me this in a powerful way when their parents were brutally murdered. Yeah. Okay? I can't think of much that's harder I mean, yeah. than that. Yeah. And this little 10-year-old boy, I'm talking to him almost a year later, and I said, buddy, what if a year ago I've asked you, you know, do you think you could handle it if both your parents were killed? He's like, no way, man. But then he said, but I am handling it, huh? Boom. And bless his heart. I mean, it yeah. wasn't easy. And I'm not saying you'd want to sign up for it. It would be fun. Yeah. But can you handle it? See, that's a whole different question. When you answer that truthfully, yeah. then you've got a whole new ball game. 
See, I think that's it, isn't it? Because then all that's of a sudden, that's the crux of anxiety, right there. What on earth can you not handle? Yeah, and I submit that you can handle anything that comes up. Yeah, especially if you have to. You know what I mean? If it's in your face. And you know what? Interestingly, that is probably the most common answer that we get to when we answer it consciously. Oh, I guess I'd have to. Yeah. Could I handle it if my child was abducted? Could I handle it if I failed in this proposal? Could I handle it if... Well, it's not like you'd want to. I wouldn't want to handle it. That's not the question, though. But yeah, your fear is more, can I handle it? Okay, great. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to Marcia then. Now, Marcia is up in Preston, Idaho. Near Preston. Up Mar- from here. Up from Salt Lake City. That's right. Or where are we? Provo, Utah. So, Marcia, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Now, you have a child, right, uh, that's suffering from some anxiety? I have a 12-year-old son. Okay. Mm. And he just, um, he's in sixth grade. He started in a junior high this year, so it's a little bit of a transition oh, boy. for him. Oh, that's a, a little bit deal. stressful. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. bit harder For sure. He's a good student. He's an athletic child, but he... We've talked a lot about the what-if scenarios, he, but he's developed these nervous habits, and mm. he can't, you know, he, he twists his neck quite a bit, or he'll bulge his eyes, or he'll, um, he, he kind of started out cracking knuckles, and it's just kind of progressively gotten worse, and I feel like mm-hmm. I've treated him with a little bit of anxiety um, medication, but also, you know, talking and doing this worst-case scenario, things like that, and I think mm-hmm. he, he doesn't seem to verbalize it, like he's stressed out as I feel like he was at the beginning, but now he's left with these behaviors, and and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you know, best road to take now with them. Great question. And it sounds like you've already taken on a lot of important things to help your son. And, well, we're trying. You know, junior high is a really tough time anyway. Yeah. And there's a lot of questions that start popping up in kids' minds that naturally trigger the anxiety. And uh, so it's really common actually, to see it around that age. And you know what else? And I've seen this particularly with with bright, intelligent, high-functioning yeah, kids. Yeah, kind of some of, yeah, the gifted, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. In fact, we see anxiety more with with the brighter kids. For what, And I think it's because yeah. the mind is more mm-hmm. active. Yeah, and maybe, yeah, they're pick, maybe they're more aware. They're picking up mm-hmm. things that others might not pick up. Yeah. It seems like he's kind of pushing it into, so he's, man, he's still manifesting physiologically, some of right. these, like, I guess you call them ticks or movements. Yeah, ticks or nervous habits are a pretty common side effect of, of anxiety. And I think what's happening there is the mind is just trying to release some of the tension that's going on, that's building up mentally. So as we do these other things, and we've shared uh, two tools today. One is the breathing. Mm-hmm. And, and other things that really help, especially with... Um, with kids is having them have some kind of a physical outlet. And this is one of the reasons that they're doing some of the physical like the knuckle cracking stuff too. Yeah, yeah. The shoulder shirking or whatever. Um, yeah. Having, having some more physical outlets where they can uh, not only exercise, but have, have a way to discharge some oh, yeah. of that energy. Does, do, do you, should she be pointing out to her son what he's doing? And then maybe well, like saying, aware. I mean, we've talked yeah. okay, so you know. about it. He knows he does it. He, he looks at it like, ah, oh, I've just got to break some bad habits. And I'm like, no, you know, he's beating himself up. He's very, very active. I mean, he comes uh-huh. home, go run three or four miles. Oh, wow. He can come home. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he has the physical um, outlet. He, he, he's in a four-day school week, so we sit in school mm-hmm. from eight to four every day. 
but every recess, man, he or he just has the one recess, and I think that might be part of the problem too. Is he eats lunch and just gets outside, where before he was used to three recesses in the elementary school. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's in more class time, but I have him. You know, he plays sports. He's very, very active, and he he. He realizes he doesn't, and he, mm-hmm. he's had kids ask him before, you know, why do you breathe? It's like he can't ever get a full deep breath. Yeah, and, right. And he's hyped up. He's just revved up all the time. And Have you ever worked I with just, him on that breathing idea? Well, after I've heard today on your show, I'm going to try it a little bit more, but I have tried to sit down and do that relaxation thing with him at night where you, you know, mm-hmm. tell him to relax each part of their body, mm-hmm. and I've had him do the breathing, but oh, excellent. I've not seen a ton of progress yet, and of mm-hmm. course it's been you know since august when we started school that i feel like a lot of this started appearing Mm -hmm. this is one of the things too where anxiety tends to feed on itself and matt you were asking should she point it out yeah it seems like that would might create more problems i wouldn't necessarily he's already aware of it as you pointed out yeah he's wanting to work on it the i think one of the best things you can do there is to to downplay it a little bit that it's okay. not that big a deal. Like normalize it. Because it's very one of the, normal. A lot of kids feel that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And can he overcome this? Absolutely. Okay. You know, one of the what-if questions that's going to be surfacing from his subconscious is, what, what if this gets worse? What if I never mm-hmm. get over it? You know, these are the ways that anxiety tends yeah. to feed on itself. What if all the other kids, yeah, what if the kids start noticing this? What's mm-hmm. going to happen right. to me in five more years of this? Right, and I don't want to. I don't want to draw attention to myself. So he's the type of kid anyway that's never been a big. He's got talent, but he doesn't want to be a superstar kind of thing because because of that. Right, yeah. So yeah. It affects their confidence. Mm-hmm. Totally, make them feel. You know, I wonder safe. if it might be valuable to just because he's no longer getting the physiological workouts he was probably getting at every resource in or every in recess. recess in mm-hmm. the in the uh, elementary school that you couldn't create a pattern of him two or three times an hour doing a breathing exercise. Like right when he moves okay. to the next class and sits down, that maybe you kind of get him to have a process of breathing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of preventatively breathing. And then maybe, I don't know, something where it's almost like part of his routine. With, okay. with my clients, I've found that as they practice it, and this is a practice at home kind of thing yeah. too, Yeah. then they have that tool available if they start feeling that anxiety coming on, then they can use it in the moment. Yeah, and, it seems like yeah. uh, it's it, it, a lot of this is just it's trial and error, isn't it? It's kind of finding what works for him. I mean, like I just know simply standing up and walking around for two mm-hmm. minutes settles me down again. I mean, there's probably little things he's just got to find out about his own approach. Yes, to this. and it's going to go a long way to help help normalize this for him yeah. too. Uh, well, I, I've watched, you know, on his Google searches, I've seen, I've looked at his iPod and thing, and he'll search, you know, how to stop bad habits or how to, I, I know oh, he yeah. wants to try to overcome it, and he'll sit and, mm-hmm. and sometimes I just take my hand and put it on the shoulder when I yep. can tell he's doing a lot of things at one time. I don't say a word, I just put my hand on his shoulder, mm-hmm. and I'll feel that relief out of his body, like, Isn't that okay, amazing? I can't go to school with them, you know, and I can't be there every minute. Well, you so could, but that would just induce me. more anxiety. <laughs> yeah, right. probably, yeah. yeah, amen. <laughs> don't do that. I, I think... don't want to. <laughs> I just, you know, I feel like I'm a calming force for him, but I don't know how to teach him to be a calming force for himself and that it really mm-hmm. is going to be okay. Well, and right. he's 12. Right. I mean, this is, he's, it's funny because he's, he's probably just getting into 
really being independent enough of, as a thinker to actually start even noticing his own reactions to this. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of at the ver- – this is just the beginning. Well, that's an age when yeah. they start to care more about yeah. it too. Yeah, he's becoming more aware socially. Right. And Marcy, I think, you're, I think you're doing all you can do. I guess one thing Dr. Jenkins is yeah. saying, normalize it. Make sure we okay. keep it like – it's a normal thing. And right. I guess reassure that he's going to learn more and more skills to do this. Sure. Maybe focus a little bit on the breathing. That Okay. In answering the what ifs, and that can be kind of a tricky one uh, because there's such a natural avoidance to it. Yeah. I mean, like the what if question, what if I don't get over this? Yeah. Well, yeah. the truthful answer to that is that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We all, especially Matt and I, have weird quirky habits. Oh yeah, we're we're ticking all over the place. And that can be a little a little freaky to someone who's looking at their own yeah. newly developing habits and wondering, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, am I going to be weird like Matt? No, see, I, I don't want to be like that. Uh, but you know, what's interesting is I have seen people that they went and researched people that have anxiety, or pe- they've researched. One person mm-hmm. had ADD, and he went and researched famous people with ADD. Right. And it, and it all of a sudden became so cool and normalized because no way this guy has ADD or this guy has anxiety. Right. So it might be worth, you know, kind of saying, you know, there's really cool athletes that have a little anxiety or there's really. Yes. And just normalize him. And I could name some, but I'm under confidentiality. Yeah, exactly. Rules on that. But exactly. we'd know who they are. Yeah, totally. Well, I think yeah. I think the other thing, Marcia, too, is it sounds like. Just don't you become anxious because of his anxiety either, because he's probably going to read that in you as well. Sure. <laughs> Maybe okay. just keep hugging him when you can. And I mean, it's these, this too shall pass. Yeah. And you brought up a whole new topic, Matt. And I know. That is, anxiety tends to be shared. Yeah. Handed down. And, uh, even. you know, Marcia, as parents, we, we really are sensitive to how our kids are doing, and that can trigger emotions in ourselves. So watch that yeah. as well. Marcia, stay on the phone, and um, we'll get your name and address, and I'll send you out a copy of my latest book. That's some great advice. Thank you so much. Thank you, and Thanks, good luck Marcia. to your son. Thank you. What a good... Uh, I mean, it's interesting, because we're worried. You know, mom and dads get worried. We don't... And then it's funny, our worry may get handed down to our cute little son. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. Well, you know what? I just thought of another example that uh, sometimes when parents are sending their kids off to yeah. an event or something, no, don't worry. Don't it's all going to be yeah. okay. It's, it's going to be fine. And <laughs> they're like, what? Should I be worried? I wasn't even worried. Oh, my you gosh. like you're freaking out. There's some, yeah. <laughs> Interesting yeah. stuff. Okay. We got about 30 seconds Doc, with Dr. Paul Jenkins. What's When we think of anxiety, we're talking mm-hmm. mind and body, uh, mind and brain. What's mm-hmm. like? What's the one thing? What's what's the one thing you feel is core, key to watch for? I think probably the main thing to realize, just like we were talking about with Marcia, is that this is an, a normal experience to have. Yeah. Okay, now can it hit a clinical level? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But this is a normal human experience to have anxiety. It's part of your brain's natural way of taking care of you and keeping you safe. Yeah. So it doesn't mean anything's broken, but there are tools you can apply to calm the brain. Yep. And steer the mind. A little That's breathing. That's what it comes down to. Calming the brain. Use some breathing. Like we talked about, uh, steering the mind is going to the what-if question. Primarily asking and answering truthfully that what-if question. And if you have more questions or, or concerns, you can also go to myanxietyanswer.com. That's right. We have a four-part video series there 
for anxiety, and it'll it'll cover everything that we've talked about here today and give you some tools to use at home. Well, and that's huge. And then they'll get more of you. And they, sure. they can also go, can they find your blogs and stuff on there and your uh, podcast? DrPaulJenkins.com, spelled Dr. Paul with D-R. DrPaulJenkins.com. You really ought to listen to his podcast as well. He's he's just he he's a he's really got a ton of information. And we just launched a YouTube channel. You're everywhere. So we're having some fun out there, yeah. Dr. Paul Jenkins, uh, check him out at drpaulJenkins.com or my anxiety answer. Is there an S in that? My anxiety answer. My anxiety He'll help you with that. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Paul. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more ideas. Wrap up the show on anxiety. I think we're going to get into is it a phobia or not right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The next location for a manned space station might be really far out, as in beyond the moon. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. As NASA contemplates the next steps in manned and unmanned missions to the moon, Mars, faraway asteroids, and more, the question arises, where is the best place to put a space station for supporting deep space missions? The current space station is in low Earth orbit, only about 400 kilometers high. That's still rather deep in Earth's gravity well. To go into deeper space, some advocate a station that's literally far out, even beyond lunar orbit. Thanks to orbital mechanics, there is a location that's uniquely qualified for a deep space jumping off point. It's the Lagrange point, called L2 for short. Lagrange points are spots leading and trailing the orbit of Earth around the sun, a million and a half kilometers past Earth's orbit where the pull of gravity balances out so that an object at the L2 point stays there until you want to move it. You can save a lot of fuel drifting parked at L2, yet you only need a small rocket burn to jump off in any direction in space from that spot. L2 might end up as our bus station to the entire solar system. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. There's a new way to listen to BYU Radio with our free iOS app. Download BYU Radio's app on your iPhone or iPad for live streaming and program schedules. It's the newest way to tune in for your favorite broadcast. Just search BYU Radio in the App Store, download, and enjoy. BYU Radio. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Great stuff about anxiety. I mean, it really affects us all. It's uh, it's the non-discriminating problem, anxiety. We've all got a little bit of it. The breathing technique, it truly works. I use it uh, when I'm trying to deal with Skyboy here, and he's being crazy, and I've got to sort through his antics. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I just cough a little bit. Did you just <laughs> cry like a baby? Uh, no. Hey, we want you to play this with a Sky Boy. We have this really fun game that we made up that we thought was really funny, and I'm not sure if it's going to be as funny as it was when we were playing it. It's called 
Is this a phobia? Yeah, that's pretty much. Or well, I guess. Guess the phobia. Guess the phobia. <laughs> I don't know. I got some weird words here, and okay. I want to see if you guys can figure it out. Okay, you're going to give us the word. We have to word. guess what the phobia is. Yes. Okay. Right? You First, playing, Skyboy? Sure, I'm down on this. Is Rob in? Rob's, Rob's taking care of something. Okay. Venustrophobia. Easy. Do you know what this is? Scared of going to Venus. Okay, Matt, what is it? Um, Venustrophobia is the fear of a woman's... Razor leg razor like no, that's a good product placement though. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you guys, uh, you guys scare me. You guys fell for the trap that I wanted you to fall for. It's the fear of beautiful women, like the Roman slash Greek slash whatever. It's based on. Have you ever seen Skyboy when a really pretty woman walks in? (laughs) He just locks up. Yeah, he's like a fainting goat. He just just, passes out. Yep, you just fall. Push him, he will fall over. Okay, (laughs) next one. Astrophobia. Oh, easy. What is it? Fear of the Houston baseball team. Ah, hey, that's I did not see that coming. Yep, they fear, were fear of eating an Astro Burger. Uh, oh, wow, Astro this is coming from out of nowhere. <laughs> no, you guys are wrong. Good Astros. Thank you. Don't you think? Reference. I wish they're th- not even around. Are, are they, they still called the Astros? They're, they're still called that. They're still are called they? the Astros. Yes. I see, was, but they they did so poorly for Houston? so long. I am. Yeah, I was. It's fear of the Astro <laughs> uniform because that was an ugly. Uniform. That was an ugly uniform. I don't know. When I was growing up, they were good. Were they? How would I? Because they it had Nolan way? Ryan. Wasn't he the Astros? He pitcher? was. He played for the Craig Rangers. Biggio. Oh, he was the Rangers. Yeah. he was amazing. Yeah, they had a lot of good guys. So, uh, what is it then? Uh, fear of the stars or celestial space. People are afraid of that. I guess I don't know. It's, wow. Stars are very far away. Not really going to bother you. Well, in Russia, I could get it now when those meteors. Yes, are falling. they will fall onto you. Okay. Okay. Here's another one. Textophobia. Texto would be fear of writing. Okay. Fear of texting. No, you guys fell for it again. <laughs> I am so, so clever. <laughs> I am so clever. Uh, textophobia is the fear of certain fabrics. As in textile, uh, textile. <sighs> like if you're afraid of like velour pantsuits. Uh, I I don't. I think that's just common, rational. That's just um, bad fashion. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, you see this a lot in like daytime television. I don't know that this was such a huge thing. Really, but people will be afraid of cotton balls. Really? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. But people are terrified. Like you open up the Tylenol. Oh, um, thing, there's and there's cotton, cotton ball just there, looming on the top. Just waiting for you. I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't yeah. see it. Every, but interesting. You have to yank out that cotton ball, mm. and it's terrifying. Okay. Uh, how much time do we have? How are we, okay, Three we're minutes. Okay, here's minutes. another one. Chirophobia. Egypt, fear of Egyptians. Okay. That was my guess. That was your guess? Well, or of Cairo, I guess. Just the place. Okay. To make it different. Well, um, I may be not spelling it right for you guys, but it's like Cairo as C-H-I-R-O. C-H-I-R-O. Do you want to change your answers? Fear of time. Fear of time? Time, fear. Okay. That'd be more like, well, go for it. Chrono. I'm sticking, I'm sticking, sticking with mine. You're sticking with yours? <laughs> fear of hands. Oh. Oh, my word. Is like, that a hand? Oh. Yes. <laughs> do you have hands on arm. the end of your arms? How do you deal with that? Yeah, if you know. have hands. What if is it afraid of your hands? Your own hands? I don't know. Maybe I'm going to assume other people's hands. Well, like, what if you, like, wake up and your hand's right there? Actually, you know, you, like, sleep wrong and your arm will fall asleep and you don't expect that arm there and that, <laughs> that hand's just waiting. That is torture, man. Okay, a couple more. Okay, symmetrophobia. <laughs> Oh, I got this one. Okay, what is it? It's fear of people's of symmetry. Okay. So having someone's face, you only like faces that are out of that are asymmetrical. Okay. You don't want a face that's symmetrical. Like Skyboy, for example. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say the opposite of that. You're scared of things that are not symmetrical. You right. want things to be symmetrical. Okay. 
point goes to Matt. Uh, I'm sorry. Dr. Matt. <laughs> but it is the fear of symmetry. Really? Yeah. I totally guess. Which that. I don't get why you'd be afraid of that. You only want people to have asymmetrical faces. You, you want to see things that are wonky. And, and Yes. I think those are plastic surgeons, by the way. Ah. One more. Let's do one more. All right. More. One this more. One game. more. All right. I'm going to trick you guys again, okay. like I have for all of these. Graphophobia. Graphophobia. You are afraid... Of a skin graft. Okay. I'm that's I'm terrified of that. I was gonna say bone graft. Bone graft? But Ooh. I guess I'll say No. Char it's 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 the cartographer's fear. It's a fear, fear of maps. Of, it's a fear of maps and charts. <laughs> graphs. Uh fear of grafting in a branch into a tree. Okay, well <laughs> it actually goes back to your guys' answer for textophobia. It's the fear of writing, specifically <sighs> handwriting. Oh. Weird. Right. See, I had graphophobia. I thought that was ex- when I'm afraid of Excel spreadsheets. No, I'm with you because I can't do those. I'm with you. A nice, mm. a nice, uh, you know, pie chart. I'm going to yes. scream out of the yeah. room. Can't stand run. It. I like a histogram myself. Oh yeah, that's I'm, good. I'm yeah, I love a good histogram. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up. Good stuff. See, I like a, a good. Uh, you can't have enough phobia games. You know what I mean. I well, you can't have enough phobias, or maybe you can have too many phobias. Apparently, but let's play games about it. Yeah, and let's, let's laugh. At maybe those that's a phobia in of it itself. And we Afraid hope not to offend anybody that had any of those phobias. But if you do, you know, you've just we've just made it more public for you. We have it's breathing technique, right? Breathe, breathe, breathe through it, and breathe. ask the what if question. Thanks for listening. That is the show, my friends. You know, on the program, we're here to give you tools, ideas, hopefully a leg up on this crazy thing we call life. Trying to give you a better view and uh, hopefully a cleaner, easier way to deal with your life. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow with more great ideas right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.